And welcome back to Harry Potter in the Riri Podcast. I'm your host, David Jansen. Join as always with my co-host, Kyle Jans. Kyle, how are you? I'm excellent. I usually, I don't know, I try and think of a topic to introduce us or talk about in the beginning, but I really can't think of anything banter-wise other than we're going to get into, once again, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. We had a kind of a few weeks off from reading and now just kind of getting back into the, the swing of things and we're what 200 pages in 200 after this reading yeah. they've been in hogwarts for one chapter like for one night one night so almost a not a third because there's no this, we're just this, we're we're just like under. we're like 28 percent of the way through the book here so, so there was a ton of lead up up to this point but we're here and we're talking chapter 11 right now the sorting hats new song what did you think? Uh, I don't have strong opinions about this chapter. <laughs> like uh, this book in general? Yeah. I mean, I have strong opinions about the book so far. Not great. I don't, I don't have strong opinions about this chapter. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's not good. It's not bad. I mean, one thing I want to talk to you about later on is, is why does this chapter exist? I think I have it nailed down. But um, Yeah. The why. Yeah. It's a chapter in the book. It moved. I mean, I hate when books have songs, just like as a personal preference, I hate reading them. Normally when a book has a song, I just skip through it. I don't care that there's important information. I don't want to hear or read a song. I just, uh, yeah, I just don't, I just don't want to do it. Um, Why don't so, you take us through it and we can I'll get into the song the chapter, and we then can we can talk we about, it it, about what exactly happened here. Okay. So chapter kicks off. Uh, Harry and Luna are seeing the Thrustrolls. Uh, but Harry is embarrassed that only Luna knows what's going on, so he doesn't say anything more about it. Um, they, they take the carriages back to the castle. Harry peeks over at Hagrid's hut when they go by, but there's no sign of him there either. Um, Trio is worried. Uh, they're worried about where he might be. Harry suggests that maybe he's not back in from his summer mission from Dumbledore yet, which we learned about at the end of the last book. Um, Ron agrees, sort of. We don't get a lot of great uh, confirmation or optimism from the trio. They're worried. Harry then in the into the Great Hall to do the sorting. Harry spots Umbridge at the teacher's table. He, exp- he reminds everybody who she is. And then we get the new song, as mentioned in the chapter. And it's a, a bit of a different song this time. They explain the history and the differences of the houses. And it exp- this time, though, it explains the warnings of splitting the students up like this. And that it might not be a good idea, but it's going to do it anyway, because that's its job. Um, Nearly Headless Nick explains post-song that the hat has in previous times given warnings when it seems prudent to do so. So students are sorted. There's a feast, uh, pretty standard back to school activities. The key new points are we have two new teachers this year. Professor Grubby Plank is back. Still no mention of, ha- of Hagrid. And Umbridge is here uh, for Defense Against the Dark Arts. She gives a speech. She interrupts Dumbledore to give a speech that, that basically says tradition is the best way. Never advance or change your thinking, those types of things. Hermione has to interpret the speech for Ron and Harry that the underlying message, 
the ministry is getting involved at the school. Um, Fee Silver, Ron and Hermione have to direct the first years to the common room. So Harry sulks back to the common room on his own. Didn't even bother to get the password. Luckily, Neville has it, saves the day. Into their uh, bedroom area, they meet up with Seamus and Dean. And we learned that Seamus's mom didn't want him to come back to school because of Harry and Dumbledore and the whole Voldemort situation being influenced, of course, by the Daily Prophet. Um, Seamus asks a question that Harry should have been expecting, which was, what happened? And Harry decides to insult Seamus's mother in response. Um, they get into a fight. Ron returns, acts like a prefect, and Neville shows that he is, in fact, a good friend, and he ends he is able to defend Harry without insulting Seamus in the process. And Harry has a dumb, another dumb thought, uh, final thought of the chapter, thinking that, oh, maybe Dumbledore uh, blames Harry for all this and is mad and sulking, and that's why he isn't talking to him. And that's our chapter. You don't want to read songs in a book, but I would rather skip over Umbridge's speech. Oh, I had a hard every time. time. Through, I had a hard time reading through that too. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk about both those things. Let's start with the song. So it's interesting that this is something the hat does, but the vice advice basically always ends up being the same, which is you have to come together. Mm -hmm. The school separates you out and you have to come together. That's good advice. Like, good on you, Hat. That's good advice. It's, yeah, I think he's kind of interesting because obviously, I don't know, I think about this sorting hat and its history, and I think there was a line. He was around until the uh, till the end of the, uh, or right at the beginning of the dawning days of the um, Hogwarts creation and knew all these houses and stuff. And while maybe he didn't agree with it or that it, was built how it was supposed to but i think like over time we kind of realize oh the systems aren't actually working in the way that we want them to anymore and so i don't know it's just kind of interesting how he was drawing upon the strengths and qualities of each of those leaders but how it's been so sewn into discord right now and ultimately it didn't really seem like people really cared that he was giving them this warning that danger was coming and they all just kind of shrugged it off in the end so even though he has a history of this is this history accurate or not we yeah, don't really we never know got, we never got an explanation of he has a history of doing this and he's always right um uh but again you should just give this advice every year because it's it's good advice work together be friendly have rivalries or whatever amongst each other but yeah be nice to each other and work together i think it's a similar message like what dumbledore tried to with the bobaton and durstrang yeah. and stuff yeah. last year good song it, mr sorting hat yeah i mean he, he kind of changed up the story of the founders a little bit he sort of talked about them as being two pairs of friends and he does highlight something new, which is that it wasn't just Slytherin who wanted to be selective. Um, Gryffindor, they all... wanted, Gryffindor wanted to keep, wanted to teach people based on the deeds that they had done. Ravenclaw wanted to just teach smart people. Um, Hufflepuff was the one who was like, well, let's just do it all. Um, 
which is what they ended up doing, obviously. Um, but the really interesting thing about this piece is the hat saying, which we talked about extensively in our first book. I think it was our first book. I think we got on this right away. This is a dumb way to sort kids. Yeah. Like the hat nailed it. I mean, I don't know how long the hat's been doing this, that it's taking it. Um, uh, but centuries, yeah. we'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dumb way to sort kids. Like you got to, you got to spread people around. You're just dividing them by dividing them up like this. You're, you're building in divisions, especially yeah, by their traits and stuff where you have steadfast mm -hmm. kind of brave people or the Gryffindors versus the Slytherins. And it's, it's built into the system when you have a house point and cup race and stuff too. And it just, yeah, it doesn't set them up for a lot of success and makes it kind of an us versus them mentality. Yeah. Um, I didn't like how the Hufflepuffs were portrayed in the what song. What are you talking about? I... The Hufflepuffs were portrayed as the only person with sanity. <laughs> the Hufflepuffs, uh, the Hufflepuffs here are the ones who come out not looking like idiots, uh, because they say, and uh, this is the quote I captured actually for the chapter was, "I'll take them all and treat them the same." Yeah, that's obviously the right way to go at this. Don't don't find like we're going to bring everybody in and i'm going to treat everybody the same and that way we're going to have a reasonable school um because only teaching smart people is a terrible thing because if you only go to people who are already smart you're gonna have a really dumb population that's and fair. the wizard population is dumb to begin with so we're only gonna make it worse I read it differently because I read it as like Slytherin wants all the purebreds. Ravenclaw only wants the smartest. Gryffindor wants the bravest. And then it says, Hufflepuff, she took the rest. Like just the rest who weren't any of those things. Right. But the, the that that's later, earlier on in the song. Let me find it here. Do, 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 do. Song text. Uh, oh, man, that song was long. It was really long. So the, Slytherin I'll teach says, the lot and treat them just the same. Yeah. Because it says, Slytherin says, we'll teach just those whose ancestry is purest. Ravenclaw will teach those whose intelligence is surest. Gryffindor will teach all those with brave deeds to their name. Hufflepuff, I'll teach the lot. So, so Hufflepuff, I think, comes off the best here saying, no, we'll take them all in. We'll mold them because that's what a school is supposed to do. So, All right. I'll take that. I, I had a big rant planned, but I will take that Hufflepuff, the most sane of the house. Yes. They're the most regular. Because they're the ones who don't have a specific trait defined to you um, and therefore have any trait. They're the best sum of all skills. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned this uh, before. You'd rather read the song than Umbridge's speech because it also is quite boring. Um and that's Some, a, that's a, that's on purpose because it's, it's, it's supposed by design. to it's supposed to feel like you're supposed to feel the boredom of the students um, listening it in. This is a good intro for her, I thought. Like not yeah. not this not the contents of the speech. I mean, the contents of the speech are also a good intro, but the concept of the speech I feel like is a great intro for her. She's so arrogant mm -hmm. that she basically tells on herself with the speech. And you get you get the comments of the teachers like glaring and like like death death stares at her. 
why are you telling people that you're basically here because the ministry doesn't believe in the school? We could all guess that. We could all maybe think of, that could be true. We could think that's the case. But you're you're telling on yourself. <laughs> and you, don't, you didn't say anything interesting. No, there's a real skill in being able to say a lot without saying anything. And she has mastered that, except for the fact that she did basically, like you said, tell on herself. But no one was listening, so no one really picked up on it. I'm sure the faculty has an idea. Dumbledore obviously knew because this is where we start to see a shift in the power dynamics of Hogwarts itself, where... Dumbledore knows that she's there because of the ministry and that she's ultimately going to start doing what she wants. And this is the first kind of example of that. And Dumbledore, he kind of, ex he accepts it to a point, right? Like he, he sits down and kind of fake listens and kindly claps yeah. and everything, but it's certainly a shift in the dynamics, but Hermione is the only one who really registers what this means. Yeah. No one else understands at this point. Now, um, the other thing is uh, she's also the only person who managed to pay attention the whole time. That's true. So, good for her. Chapter, I don't have anything else to say on Umbridge. That's it. Here. That's it. Yeah, okay, good. So, chapter uh, lines up here with the boys' argument. I, what, give me your overall thoughts on the argument originally when i read it i thought seamus was being reasonable when he asked harry like what happened that night when cedric died i thought he was being sincere maybe he potentially was but the thing is harry's reaction goes from zero to a hundred very quickly and I think that ultimately kind of set up the friction between these right. two Agreed. that ultimately led to the argument. I think yeah. maybe if Harry handled that a little bit better, Seamus would have been more willing to come around. But you insult the dude's mom, he's not going to listen to you. Right. So I, I'm 100% on the same side here. I was hoping you were going to take the other side for a more interesting discussion, but here we are. <laughs> I'm firmly on Team Seamus. So if we walk through sort of the order of events, Seamus doesn't even want to tell Harry why his summer was so hard at mm -hmm. first. Like he's reluctant to explain. That's a good that. point. He doesn't start out. So he, so he's reluctant to tell Harry that his mom is like anti-Harry, anti-Dumbledore. Then he does explain why she's that way. And he asks a question that Harry thought, like there was a, a few paragraphs earlier when he was like, I don't, I didn't have time to adequately, adequately explain to everyone what happened at the end of last year. Like he knows that question is coming. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't know that question is coming, he's an idiot because these are teenagers who love gossip. And these are besides Ron and Hermione, like his closest friends or the people that he's yeah. closest to in the school. hundred percent. So it's a reasonable question. One that he thinks he's going to have to answer. It's not an aggressive question. It's asked in a reasonable manner. And he just goes right at his mom. Like right away, right away. No out of bounds and then any, anything that happens after that is not about anything other than the fact that harry thought you know it's probably okay to insult seamus's mom yeah i mean ultimately in the end seamus 
matches him and i don't blame him in a way no. just like how i maybe i may i do blame harry but i can also see where harry's coming from in the sense that he's basically his entire life he's been in the limelight he has had people talking and snickering and talking like talking behind his back the entire time all summer right now that's all he's witnessed since he got on to the hogwarts express is people kind of gossiping about him and that was the straw that broke the camel's back again yeah is Harry's it is response, it allowed or is Harry's it response is no. not unexpected and it's not even particularly out of character it's just kind of shitty yeah 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 no but, that's exactly it um yeah, yeah it went from zero to 100 real quick but we um, do get some unsuspecting heroes out of this right so so ron comes in and uh in opposite ron world he actually manages to like bring a level of calm to the conversation he uses his prefect powers as a threat to seamus to get seamus to calm down i disagree with you i think i don't like okay go ahead let me just let me just finish then so i like that he does that because that lets neville come in and actually calm the, the, the situation down because before ron got there um there was no coming between the two of them and what ron brought was a pause to just let people sort of come down. If we were at 100, maybe we can come down to 85, which then let Neville come in and actually help. But usually Ron would have made it worse. And at least here, I think he gave them a break. That's sort of how I read it. It's See, uh, I agree with you on Neville. Nev- Neville, I think it was awesome that he spoke up. There's this major kind of character growth and development for him that we're going to continue to see during this, this book for sure. Ron maybe he broke the tension but to me i don't think he was using his prefect powers properly this well, chapter i thought a- he was just instantly threatening detention to whoever came in his way and i don't think that's necessarily the way that you're supposed to be using these powers no, i think that he not. had an opportunity to be able to actually kind of mediate the situation I know that he's team Harry. I know that he obviously believes Harry given everything that he knows about the order and everything, and that he's going to be steadfast for him. But I felt like he could have managed that a little more 50, 50 instead of maybe sure. the 85, 15 that he did for, for this type sure. of scenario. Um, I don't have any, I don't have any arguments with that uh, reasoning. I'm just more impressed that he didn't make it worse as he normally does. That's that's fair. And we should give him some level of credit was he didn't he didn't misuse his powers, but he threatened to threaten them, which, <laughs> which is, is like, I which think is that's different. the equivalent. No, no, I think that's very different because if he had. We don't know if he would, we, we can't say that he would or would not have followed up on that threat. If it was a threat that he was going to follow up on. Agreed. You can't. That's not what your powers are for as a prefect. But again, if you if you could just use it to break everybody out of because it kind of seemed like they were in like a like almost like a trance of anger. And yeah. so it broke it up, broke it a little bit. But no, I, I, I think at the end of the day, Neville's the one who really came through here. Neville um, was, was the hero. Um, yeah. And Dean kind of just, Dean kind of started it by bringing the topic up in the first place, but otherwise he's kind of uh, very yeah, much Dean, just kind of a middle of the pack. Yeah. Dean, Dean sort of seems like an innocent bystander here. Run it. I'm just I'm curious to like look back at this now. So they're arguing. He says, leave my mother out of this potter, which he should have. 
What's going on? Ron says. He appeared in the doorway. His eyes wide traveled from Harry, who was kneeling on his bed with his wand pointing at Seamus. He had his wand pointed at Seamus? Yeah, he sucked. He's having to go at my mother. What, said Ron? Harry wouldn't... See, that's the thing. He was like, Harry wouldn't do that. And he kind of like... I felt like right away he was taking Harry's side. Harry wouldn't do that. Harry did do that. And he did have a go at Seamus's mom. So I think maybe that's where it came from me. But he does eventually kind of figure it out. And I do think you make a really good point that that break did allow Neville kind of to come in and truly actually kind of maybe not detract the situation or to diffuse it much more, but at least kind of he stated an opinion that normally he would probably be, wouldn't really openly he in didn't, words. Yeah. He, he certainly didn't to, have an opening and the opinion, which was obviously not even his opinion, but his grand's opinion His grand's, which is, is yeah. not even really one you can really argue and there's like some shade towards Seamus's mom in it a little bit, but more it's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, so that was their argument. Yeah, Harry, what are you doing? That's the that's the key takeaway. Uh, all right. Anything so, you forgot this chapter? Um, basically, we had three points. Of this chapter we just talked about them. I remembered the speech. I remembered the fight. I had no recollection of the song whatsoever. See, I remember the song. I didn't remember the speech or the fight. And yeah, other than that, there isn't really a lot to add to things that we forgot or remembered this chapter because that's yeah. that was a very thorough recap. Yeah. So our predictions from last week, we correctly predicted that there would in fact be a song. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it was going to be a darker song with sort of like light versus dark uh, and working together undertones, which was uh, bang on. We predicted we'd meet Umbridge, bang on. Mm-hmm. We thought that we might get some confirmation of where Hagrid was. We didn't. We thought they'd sort of talk about what the Thestrals were all about. Didn't nope. get that. Um, and then uh, I believe I did mention that we were going to have this Seamus, uh, Dean, Harry uh, blowout. You're which correct. Obviously, which obviously happened. So we did pretty well. Not bad. Things that don't make sense from this chapter. Um, we talked about it a little bit, um, about how the other houses wanted to like keep people out mm-hmm. or only bring, more specifically, only bring in people. I'm not pro what Slytherin wanted to do, but I can get behind. I can see someone might, why might someone, someone might get behind that train of thought. I can see someone getting behind the Ravenclaw train of thought of, we only want the brightest and best at our school. I mean, that's like any college or any school that right. that's what they typically do. I'm not for it because I think for kids, you just got to get them in and teach them. But the Gryffindor one is so stupid. They only want to teach people based on the deeds they've completed. These kids are 11. What kind of deeds are they going to have done? <laughs> oh, I successfully mowed the lawn what there's not a lot of bravery that can be shown within an 11 year old that hasn't even really hit their teenage years yet i snuck out and watched a rated r movie no you didn't because you don't believe in movies because you know muggles so that to me was really dumb really didn't make sense um 
I think Dumbledore should have said something about Hagrid. Like, Hagrid stepped away on some school business out of town. Nothing to worry about. And I just, the biggest one, though, is I really just don't understand why Umbridge is determined to make a scene. And we talked about it before. Like, I think it comes out of her arrogance or confidence in her position. But I just don't see what is she going to get out of that speech at the opening dinner? Like, like even just save it for your first lecture for each class. Like, yeah, I, I just don't get it. I just, I just can't get behind oh, yeah. why that would be a good idea. Yeah. Ultimately, like you said earlier, she's outing herself just being like, I am here to create change. And it's going a lot of the things that you were used to previously and the things that you liked are very likely redundant, according to the ministry. And we are here to educate you first and a lot of extracurriculars and a lot of other things that you're used to are going to be changing. And yeah, it, it doesn't make sense as a character to do it unless she's just so full of herself or like needs to hear herself speak or be the center of attention. But I don't know. I'm curious to read a little bit more about her and learn more about this character, which we conveniently will next week. We'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, the only thing that didn't make sense to me, and I touched on it earlier, is just it's been established that this sorting hat has given warnings before. Why isn't the faculty at the very least taking this more seriously? It's not a regular occurrence by the sounds of it that the hat comes out and sings a new song that others have not heard before. I'm willing to bet that for a lot of the faculty, this is the first time that they've ever heard the hat do a different song. But yet, song finishes, Everyone just kind of awkwardly claps and they move on. Maybe oh. we'll learn that the faculty is planning something behind the scenes or maybe. Well, yeah, we don't really know what they're thinking ever, which is unfortunate. Um, but to me, I didn't get a sense that it was really a, a an urgent situation <laughs> for anyone. No. Agreed. And also, why isn't it making these predictions every year? there's not been a lot of good going on in the last four years of basically every yeah every year something's been going on uh anything else on this chapter you want to touch about we thoroughly covered it i did not have anything else so the only other thing i wanted to, to quickly go through i mentioned this earlier is oh, what do you think the point of this chapter is yeah um Ultimately, it's flavor to kind of show that there's a rift in Harry and what people think about him. It's It's been talked about before, but it's being shown now that people are realizing that he's here and reading all this stuff about him in the paper. And it's not only impacting the people that he is like just acquainted to very casually, but people that he considers no. pretty close friends as yeah. well. Yeah, so that, that's what I got. I got to the main point is to show sort of the impact of what the Daily Prophets, you know, um, anti-Herod campaign has been up to and to show us that the ministry is here to interfere. Yeah. Otherwise, foreshadowing through the the Sorting Hat song and then being need to, needing to work together and then yeah. 
a brief introduction to Umbridge. It's a lot of words for that to be the point of the chapter, (laughs) Um, which is why I'm like, I'm not pro, I'm not pro this chapter because there's a lot of words to important, like those are important points to be made clear, but it took a lot of words to make those important points clear. Could have been half a chapter probably. I'm not anti this chapter because again, those are important points to make clear and like it moved and there was at least some interesting plot things happening with the, the fight there at the end was, without that fight at the end, this chapter sucked. Yeah. Uh, but that added some some color to it and, and uh, you know, had value. It wasn't a fight for a fight's sake. It was, there was some things to be gleaned from it. But other than that, yeah, just sort of a, I don't know how many, like, I don't know if it was necessarily long from a page count perspective, but it it's was standard. It felt like a long read. It did. Yeah. Um, but these chapters of, are just naturally longer too. Yeah. I mean, the, all these chapters are basically the same. This chapter, the last chapter, were, were 18 and 19 pages, um, which is sort of middle of the road for what we've had so far. The next couple chapters are, you know, more pages than that. Um, but that's, it felt long to read. And it was definitely the song and definitely the speech, right? Those took yeah. some those took some words to get through. Quotes from this chapter that jumped out at you. Nothing like too great. Um, I took a line from the song because I liked it, um, the sorting hat saying, though condemned I am to split you, though I worry that it's wrong. And I just think like, what an existence it must be if you are probably against sorting these hats, but your only sole purpose in is to sort life them. is to sort them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yes. And then- What is your purpose if you're against your purpose? <laughs> um, Ron I also the took one. Out, I also took, oh, I also took one out of the song. We talked about it already. It was the Hufflepuff line that said, "I'll teach the lot and treat them the same," which is basically her scolding the other three um, for being idiots, which they were. I like it. And then I just had, "Hey, hey, you lot, midgets!" Ron called the first years, and that kind of gave me a laugh. As yeah. they are. And Ron, or it's kind of interesting. And I just, I just had this thought come, but like he calls them midgets, and then Harry looks at them, being like, "They are awfully small." I don't think we were that small when we, when we were that year. Yes, you were. You were little babies, and you you have grown. You have grown a lot. There's also a lot of growing that happens between the ages of eleven and (laughs) fifty. So, yeah. All right. I don't think these are going to be particularly um, contentious arguments. LVP. I thought Ron, because I we was being a glutton. Um, I didn't like, as I mentioned, how he handled the argument. Umbridge, because she just kind of blows her cover and interrupts Dumbledore, but also super boring. Also super boring. So you you have it between Harry and Seamus because they were both kind of shitty. So which one was more shitty? And I think you have to go with Harry because if he didn't initially kind of jump into his super angry 100 mode that situation could have went a lot differently yeah, Seamus didn't help the situation but yeah, but again he was, we, he was provoked yeah we talked about it a little bit like not not really holding Seamus to blame there uh yeah Harry uh unnecessary blow up could have handled that way way classier and just it's just general a lot of sulking again just annoying 
Umbridge was the only other person I even briefly considered because that speech was so boring. But uh, I think there'll be plenty of time oh, yeah. for us to dock uh, Umbridge and potentially even next chapter. We'll talk about why in our predictions in a sec here. MVP. Hermione, I thought she gathered the information from Umbridge's speech when no one else wanted to. The sorting hat for having a purposeless life of providing warning that everyone yeah. just ultimately ignores. But I gave it to Neville yeah. um, this chapter. Yeah. He sticks up for Harry. It's good character development. And he remembers the password. Yeah, I liked that. I liked that throwback. Uh, the, he finally remembers the password. And he diffuses the fight and they all go to bed. Yeah. And he looks at his moonlight cactus. So, yeah, there, Neville. So next chapter, we have chapter 12 entitled Professor Umbridge, all right? Or Dolores Umbridge? Now I forget. Professor, yeah, Professor, Professor Umbridge. Umbridge. We are, I believe, my guess is we are going to learn that she does not want them to do actual magic, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to make her front runner for least valuable person. Because a teacher who doesn't want to teach magic uh, <laughs> doesn't seem like, and like the most practical magic class other than maybe charms or potions uh, feels like you got to do some practical magic in defense against the dark arts. Yes. Yeah. That was kind of my prediction as well. We must get a defense against the dark arts class. It will be lame. <laughs> and Harry maybe gets detention. Or it might be too early. I no, can't he's recall. He's for sure getting detention. He's getting detention. I feel like that's right off the bat. And we um, learned she's a crazy character with her detention. I think that's later on. That's not going to That one's uh, okay. I think it's I think he's going to get detention. I don't think it's going to be the detention. Yes, no, totally. Um I'm sure there'll be some other stuff that we clearly forget, but I think at I mean, least the it's 26 yeah. pages long. So there better be some other stuff, but I'm not convinced there's going to be. <laughs> we'll find out next week. In the meantime, give us a follow on Instagram at Harry Potter Reread Podcast, where we'll post up some clips of the shows and our hot takes. Yeah. Uh, I just got brand new Harry Potter Lego delivered oh, yesterday. Um, which one? Uh, maybe I won't tell you, and I'll just surprise you when it's done. Oh, I hope it's the Gringotts one. No, it's not. <laughs> but, uh, it's not like a huge one, but it's a good one. It's I'm a good excited. one. It's a good one that will be the centerpiece of my Harry Potter portion of the Lego over my shoulder because I'm going to reorg all my reorg all my Lego. I got this brown box that's been behind my head for like six months. Uh, is another Lego shelf. But I've been waiting for this piece of Harry Potter Lego to be like the centerpiece of my Harry Potter section on said shelves. Excellent. So I cannot wait to see. That will come up. And obviously, during the building process, uh, we'll throw it up on the Instagram stories because who doesn't want to see Lego being built on Instagram stories? Other than that, we'll be back. I think still next week, we're, we're trucking away. Ooh. Um we're trucking away, but I couldn't believe we were only on chapter 11. I feel like we've been doing this uh, a lot years. longer. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we talked about we're like 28%-ish of the way through the, the pages. We've got 37 chapters to go, or 37 chapters in this book. Um, so we got 
26 episodes still to go here. So we will keep cranking them out um, for as long as it takes. Uh, that's all. That's the good news or the bad news, depending. I mean, I can't wait to get through this book because the next two books are so good. Um, but first, the next 26 chapters of this book, starting next week. I'm David. That was Kyle. Bye. Thank you.